Oh god, what have we done? What horrors have we wrought? Yeah, slash commands are just fucking weird. There we go. I fixed it. Sort of. <laughs> That's better. I like the fog background on yours, Anne, because you get the fun light thing going. Child. Child playing video games. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's fun because it keeps trying to fuzz out here where it's where my microphone is. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have this beautiful, crisp, clear pop filter. That's perfect. It looks like I green screened into an office with a microphone. Okay, but let, let's focus. And then I can I can expose all of the weird energy I've had pent up for the last I... goddamn month. Yeah, she's all professional. Yeah. These glutes are really killing her. <laughs> she's just been sneaking for so long. She's just been staring down this dog. Oh, yeah. It's just, okay. And now for the weather. Oh, my God. The energy tonight. I'm going to need more of this. A month. It's good. Oh. I'm regal. A fucking month. <laughs> Let's channel the energy into the game. Yeah, just focus. 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 <laughs> Sorry, indigestion. It's from not it's it's from holding it in so long that we haven't recorded that it's making my insides angry. Yeah, <laughs> it makes my talking. insides hurt. Thank you for listening to In Absentia episode 28, Dog Days. My name is Steve. I'm the GM of our podcast. We are an actual play fifth edition DD podcast set in the world of Turst. With me tonight is my lovely co-hosts. Amongst them, John. Hey, Steve. Do you want a roll perception? The DC isn't high. The doorway that you're going through, well, knowing you, it's going to make you cry. I don't mean to make you worry. Well, sometimes, yeah. PCs, well, they just die. So you want to roll perception? It doesn't have to be perception. That's a fail. I'm I'm John. I play Quill, the Vaxi Wizard. So to be clear, a father of three that has had to watch thousands of times. That was that was hilarious and a curious amount of thought. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. And moving on to Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I play Story the Kanku Rogue. I'm never gonna top like <laughs> and Mark. I I am Mark. I'm Ziggert, the Dragonborn Sorcerer. All right. So it has been an extended period since we we recorded an episode. Um, a lot of life stuff has happened in the last month. Ugh, it's been a long time. And plus the holidays, uh, we had some of you know the Rona crap thrown in there for good measure. And but we're all back. We're all playing tonight. We're so freaking excited to have you listening in. Um, who would like to do the recap after a hot minute? I guess it would be appropriate if I did. 
that's fair. Yeah. Considering like the last half of the last episode was all story. Um, so I don't remember how we got there, uh, but we're in the sh- ser- can... sheriff's office. I can you get do us the first to half. the sheriff's office. I'll do the, the yeah. second yeah. half. So we we, uh, wound up in this warehouse, we were let in, and it was very clear when we got there that this is a kind of a hideout for magic users in the town of Ragoon that we're in. Um, Ziggurat got a chance to meet a fellow dragonborn, um, who I believe was a dragonborn bard, um, uh, Nikau. Uh, They shared pleasantries, and then uh, they kind of pulled over, were pulled over by a gnome, and then we met, um, oh, oh, there, (laughs) yeah. The gnome's name was Yalidun Northrip, Northrip Abigail uh, Parisley, A.T. Uh, Dipley the Seventh. Um, yep. Put a lot name. of work in that name. You, you wrote that all down. <laughs> well, yeah. Why wouldn't he? Then we got a chance to meet Trisha, which which was the person we were trying to meet. And um, we were kind of letting him know, like, our intentions at this town. It's a bit of a pit stop for us, but we decided to help them kind of overthrow the sheriff's sheriff and his basically thugs because they were oppressing the town and oppressing the magic users here. Um, So the only our condition is that we have to kill or oust the sheriff. He doesn't have to die, but they're not going to care if he does. Um, so we also agreed that if it all goes south, we would take the fall because they were worried that the magic users would like overthrowing and taking over would look bad. But if it went south and things looked bad, we could say, they could say, ah, see these out of towners. They're the ones who caused the problem. Um, Quill crafted some item out of emerald and wax in a tear. Story learned a new spell. Um, then we went to the sheriff's office, had a little stakeout. Um, Ziggurat, let's see here. Quill was monitoring with Rava. Ziggurat is kind of in an alleyway adjacent on standby. And Story is currently sneaking room to room. Story is actually not sneaking room to room. She's staring down a dog. She was, and she climbed up to the top floor and started listening in at all the, at the rooms. And she got through three of them and opened the first door on the left and met the eyes of a dog. And that's where we stopped. Let's not forget you killed a man. You did kill a man in his sleep. You did kill a man. I took a moment. I took a moment because now I have non-assassins around me all the time. And I remembered that they're watching. And then I killed him. Yeah, Yeah, you remembered that we're like, we want to get rid of these fools anyway. And you recalled that Will and Ziggurat don't give two hoots. Yeah. So the guy died. Not even. Or even one Not hoot. even a hoot. To be no fair. hoots given. There were no hoots to be had. Look at this. My barren field of hoots. Yeah, we're, none of us are owlkin, so. 
And I know John is itching for this, so I'm going to keep <laughs> delaying as much as possible. No, I'm not that big of a monster. Oh, no, I'm not the one who's potentially going to die. We're, I mean, if things get bad, I'll snap my fingers and Rapa will be saved too, so. Uh, okay, so. And specifically, the dog has not made noise yet. Correct. And I believe there was also a snoring figure in the room. Mm -hmm. in a a large hulking figure in the bed Mm -hmm. snoring loudly on a a large bed Mm -hmm. and then the dog curled up in front of the bed and as we closed its eyes opened and looked directly at story so story (laughs) how's it going Anne's had a month. She's had a whole month. I know. I love that we left on such a cliffhanger for a month. Uh huh. Okay. So, can I drop one of my daggers, pull out jerky, throw it at the dog, and then stab the sleeping guy in the head in one turn? No, I don't believe so. Because I'm assuming we've gone into initiative. Not yet. We can certainly do that if you'd like. No, I don't want to because I want to do all of those things. I was going to (laughs) say, so let's maybe do this. So it is not technically combat yet. So... Story, if you would like to drop your dagger. One of the two daggers in my hands. In this dark room, this dark, quiet room and drop this dagger. Okay, so if I'm not an initiative, I can put it away, grab the jerky, throw it at the dog and kill the guy. Yes. Then that's what I do. Okay. Or I do that like with the dagger and then like the two fingers with the jerky. I'm just going to keep adding so that I put off when I fail. Okay. So, Story, you've already done a stealth roll for this room. I'm not going to make you re-roll that. I would like you to roll an animal handling check, however. Oh, no, you don't. You don't want me to do that. This could totally be, like, acrobatics or... (sighs) I think I should get a better... Okay, well, 16. (laughs) Okay. So. The dog lifts its head up and turns it to the side just a little bit. It's not growling or showing any signs of aggressiveness right now. More curious. And it is definitely alert. If it does that, I'm for sure bringing out jerky. And as soon as you pull the jerky out, it starts whining just a little bit. Oh, I toss it the jerky like. 
It's, it's your boy. And, it's kept quiet. <laughs> and it gets up and eats the jerky. Um, I then go over to the guy and stab him in the head. Two seconds. Because Doggo is not trying to be quiet. Neither is mine. The large figure in the bed continues to snore loudly. And the dog is... Chewing up that jerky. And he's really... I mean, it's... It's real jerky, so he's really having a... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's the stuff we got from the orcs. Oh, he's all over that. Yeah. Um... But he's going to be real upset in a couple seconds here. Oh, yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I'm going to I'm a I'm a I'm going to stab the guy. Try to take him out like the other one. with. Okay, he's asleep, so that would be just a advantage. Yeah. We're just going to coup de gras this some bitch. I rolled a 10 for a 19. Okay. So I'm going to do 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 do. Uh, it, it's an instant critical because he's prone. Or unconscious. I, mean. I was gonna say it's an instant critical. Yeah. So make sure you. Be very scary if he was like, "That's a miss." And since the target is not aware, you get that stealth damage. I don't. Does the stealth damage get? Okay, I rolled the crit damage for worse. Yeah, crits crits still affect things like smite and okay. uh, sneak attack. Oh, why did that? Why did that? Okay. And then... Bon- um, not bonus action. Sneak attack! For 20 damage. Is he still breathing? He is. Okay, cool. I'm going to hit him with my other dagger. Okay. You can only do sneak attack one. Wait, is that, a, is that double sneak attack or is that your normal? I, I was. Yeah. Well, it you crit, you auto crit and sneak attack is also. Oh, okay. A crit. So that's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, so that was just single sneak attack damage. That was single, so that would be 24 plus 8, which is 32. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is he still breathing? He is, but he doesn't look happy. Uh, so I'm going to hit him with the other dagger, see if that makes him more happy. Okay. 25 hit? That's a hit. Cool. Another 3 damage. Okay. He's still standing or laying down, not respectable laying down. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. He was. Sp- he's still prone, right? He didn't get up. He's he's, not, he's prone, oh, but not yeah, it's, unaware it, of unconscious presence. So he's okay. probably, not, probably not unconscious after being stabbed the first time. Crit? Okay. <laughs> For the crit. Yeah. Correct. I mean, 
you would still technically get advantage on the roll because yeah, any I mean, melee attack you against could, a prone you could creature is an advantage. But just to make sure you oh, don't crit again, roll the d twenty and see if you get a twenty. Yeah, I did not crit again. You did not crit again with the ten. No, no. Yeah. Okay. So as soon as Doggo sees that you have attacked his owner. He is not happy anymore. He's not wagging his tail. His hackles are up and he is growling. Turkey only gets you so far, but you know, two stabs and 30. Good hefty chunk of damage. Five damage is is great. It's an acceptable trade off for a piece of jerky. I'm going to use my motion movement because I still technically would have that in a turn and jump on the guy's chest. Okay. All right. Go ahead and roll initiative now. Because that surprise round is over. Do you want Quill and Ziggert to roll initiative? Stopped on the 18 and then went to a 10. Um, Sure, because you guys are aware somewhat of what's going on. Ziggert got a five. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the lowest initiative I've ever gotten. That hurts because I can guarantee you I've gotten lower initiative in the past. I I got a fifteen. So Rob is there too, right? So Quill immediately knows what's happening. Ziggert has no clue. He's waiting on a signal, basically. Yeah. Uh, Quill Quill does an update. It's like uh, she's she's in the room. She's fed a dog jerky. She stabbed the man. So Ziggurat's on alert at this point, then. Basically, if Ziggurat sees Quill move, he'll move. If not, I'm still kind of like... Because I'm not in the same alleyway as you. I'm in a different Mm. alleyway. I'm kind of watching the front of the bar. So I've got... Like, I'm across the street, and I'm looking, and I'm watching you, and I'm watching from the outside, looking at, like, the balcony and the the main level of the, the bar. Yep. Because I can't see or hear, like I don't know any if anyone's in the alleyway with me. That that that's not that's not, that was the plan that I had written down. Is that's where we were posted, so you would know that I was not next to you. Oh, okay. Then no, I wouldn't. <laughs> I like the idea that Quill is still just narrating out loud, just standing against the the wall, <laughs> going, "Now she's she stabbed that man several times." There is one very, very freaked out homeless guy down the way. And then Quill got a 15. I'm a respectable cat. I had to remember to say this out loud since we're a podcast. I know you guys say it, but Ziggurat with a five. Okay, Quill, it would be your turn sir my turn uh can i roll a perception through rava to see if this man is still alive yes cool i will i will do that that's a 20 uh so yes he just got stabbed in the chest twice so it's not like he's being quiet he is screaming and yelling in rage. 
Oh, that's bad. We didn't really come up with a plan in case things went sideways, did we? Sort of. That's why Ziggert's in the front of the bar. Ziggert's the artillery. Yeah, you guys kind of had a rough plan. Well, seeing this this man isn't dead and obviously hearing that he's now screaming. Yeah, screaming's a free action. <laughs> That's good to know. I'll remember that. Uh, Quill is going to... You... Remind me, we were like 30 away, thirty feet away from the front of the building, correct? You were across the street. Across the street. I So you were next to like a, a rain barrel, basically. So Tori went up. I am across the street, kind of in, an, in the adjacent alleyway, watching from the outside to see like, I'm watching to see if people run upstairs or come outside. So, or like approach... So we kind of had a, a two-layered. Gotcha. I thought you two were hiding together. Mm-mm. Okay. So it's like a three-layered, like, stories in there. Quill is here next to the building that she's in and, like, sitting next to a barrel basically hiding. And then uh, Ziggurat's across the street in the opposing alleyway in the dark, keeping an uh, a overwatch, if you will. Learn some touch spells. I should learn haste. No. Okay. <laughs> How am I supposed to kill you if you move too fast? Oh, uh, not, not for me. Well, I mean, in case, sometimes for me, haste is a good spell. Um, amazing but... spell. Literally every tabletop or game that has any type of haste, one of the first things I do when I get access to it. Absolutely. Cast haste on the rogue. Okay, well, in that case, Quill will hold his action for now in response to uh, hearing noise. Okay. And he's he's going to drop Rava Sight, and actually, I suppose, yeah, he'll snap his fingers to unsummon Rava and come out of Rava Vision. Okay, and then flashing back so you're just you're gonna hold your action and take the only way you know what's so, going on away. Uh, yeah, chest piece. Sorry, Anne. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would rather be able to hear around me than in like in the building. It's fine. <laughs> Bye. I, so I story, we're back in the room, and you've got this really pissed off big dog in the room with you. He is going to attack. Does a Nope, nope. You 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 did you're fine. Oh, I was going to be like Oh my god, did I miss the number? What Carry the 7 divided by 14. <laughs> Solve for a Thank you so much for your <laughs> your help. Okay. How did I get an imaginary number? Does a 23 hit? No. No? What? <laughs> Wait a second. 
That was complete bullshit. Of course what? it does. I, I was gonna say that's that's oh, no. to me. Bird. <laughs> I can't even shield that one. They they made an errata to Kanku recently that they're unhittable. <laughs> I was very confused. Um, so that is going to be. I suppose I can roll these so you guys can see them. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so that is going to be. Oof. Twelve plus three damage. Fifteen damage. That's a spicy <laughs> dog. It's an angry dog, and he's big. I mean, fair. Yeah, you did thirty-five damage. I mean, we can't blame the dog. Okay. And then can you do a DC 13 strength saving throw? No. I was a natural 20. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, Rava's gone. Her adrenaline has spiked. Okay, so this big dog leapt up on you (laughs) and essentially bit you. And then just this hulking weight and you like just step back for just a second and then just knock it back okay and then he is going to uh step back towards his master i'm on his master he's 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 yeah he's on the side of the bed okay and then it's story's turn i'm gonna stab him again Uh, that's a natural one. That was not a hit. He's still prone. <laughs> He's still prone. Yeah, I mean, I'll give I'll give you advantage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, my my dumb man. Twenty six. Okay, that's a hit. <laughs> that's much better. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, well, when she, was, that... when, when she stepped back to get out of his way, she, like, st- stepped on his balls and got a little, you know. Well, the bite really probably discombobulated her, yeah. too. I mean, mm. she had to take the moment and go, yeah, fair. I get it. Uh, it's going to be for nine damage. Okay. Are you going to use both daggers or just the one? Well, is he still breathing? He is. I'm going to get him with the other dagger. Does a 17 hit? Yes. Do you see how my face gets less happy the more damage yeah. it does? I mean, I understand. It, it makes sense to me. Five damage. And you sink it right into his frickin' neck. And he gurgles a little bit. And stops moving. So, you're standing on this dead corpse, and with this large, angry dog, between you and the door. Yeah, um, she's going to... She's going to use her full 30 feet of motion. Now, is he, like, in the doorway, or is he, like, beside the bed? He is next to the bed, 
that you are standing on on top of a dead body that was his master. Okay. So if you try to move past him, he would get an attack of opportunity. But I believe, can you, is it still a 5e thing that you can do an acrobatics roll to? No, that's not a thing. It's, it's not a 5e thing, but there's a, there's a nifty nope. trick that nope. rogues get as a bonus action. You have to, you have to disengage. I, I believe. You mean like when I stab the guy again? Well, I mean. That nifty trick? No, you have a bonus action called disengage. I think you do. You have access to that right now. But can she use that if she used her second dagger? But I used my bonus action. Uh, no, she cannot. She already bo- bonus action attacked. Which is what I was saying. Yeah. So I just stand on the dead guy. <laughs> She's going. It's fair. I get it. It's totally fair. He needed to die, though. I'm going to use my held action as a move action. I'm going to use my cool tabaxi power of climbing 20 feet and climb into the window. (laughs) Yeah, you'd get up because you're in front of the building, right? I'm in. I was at the wind like I was beneath the window. Yeah, on the side. Side. So picture like a saloon is kind of how you had p- painted the scene. Yep, and then there's a balcony on the front. Mm-hmm. And there was a window off to the side. And then it was right below the window off to the side, so he could do exactly what he's doing. Yep. And that's that's the window that's okay, going to climb yeah. through, right? Yeah, I was hanging out. That was on the back of the building. Okay. So that's that's yep. fine. I'm I'm okay if that was your plan. I'm okay with saying no. that that you were around the corner or whatever and to get up there. So you climb up into this window. You're up on the second story. You get in. I obviously have a. I have an idea of the layout because I used Rafa's vision to see this. So I just taking stock mentally. I get up in there and I wait. (laughs) Yeah, I I'm not sure how tall is the building, like how high the window was, was the window up there. Um, I would say 20 feet will get you up. Okay. To that I'm balcony or I'm sorry, up to the window. Just fine. Okay. See, I'll just, I'll plant myself right there and, and wait and listen and see if there's any things that I don't like. Okay. Um, so at this point you would hear growling down the hall and oh. i believe this room was to the left first door on the left this would be after the screams yeah after the screams stabbing well technically Stepping the man. let's see because if we're doing our six second thing yeah so this there would be yelling there'd be screaming in the surprise round and then this would be the next six seconds so you like fly up the side of that fucking building into the window and then he's shouting, basically. Okay. But yeah, since I, I held the action, I readied an action. I used my, my reaction, my standard, to just do the movement. Because you don't get a movement to action and a ready to action. So, I'm, I'm in here. I'm ready. Okay, so you were outside the window. You used that 20 foot yep. of movement, yep. right? For the climb. 
can you still do like can you use your standard action as a movement action still or no? so you like when you ready an action you eschew your movement and a reaction unless you like on your turn moved as much as i would have disliked that i just wanted to keep everything no, yeah. on level okay all right so then we are going to go to that some bitch is dead. Um, Ziggurat's turn. All right. So um, paint the scene for Ziggurat here a little bit. I'm watching this happen. Um, I can. I have eyes on Quill in some manner, and I see him disappear. Do I hear the scream from where I'm at across the street? You would hear quiet shouting in the silence of the night. What does the first floor look like? Because there was like people. I don't I don't know how many maybe maybe at this point I've had enough because we've been staking out a little bit. Do I know how many people are in the in the bar on the first floor? So in, in the bar, the bar was kind of silent. There were lights on. I think I said there was like one or two guards down there, but that was it. I think there was like a group of like three playing cards and then the one outside keeping watch. There wasn't a lot of people. Anyway, I'm watching that. Do I do I see them have a reaction to all this stuff? Yes. As soon as the screaming starts, they would stop what they're doing and pause and. You know, essentially okay. they bolt back, but that's all they do at this point. Like they are clearly alerted. They're stopping mm -hmm. what they're doing. That uh, surprise round is over. It's in that initial six seconds. So they haven't reacted yet. So Ziggurat was kind of like leaning on the outside of the building with his head turned, kind of looking pretty low key. And he hears all this happen and he gets up right away, he pulls out his wand and he goes. Uh, five times, uh, six times. And as he flicks every single time, a meteor that's about that big pops out and starts to circle him as he casts Melf's minute meteors. These will stay around me for 10 minutes and uh, I can use as a bonus action and it doesn't count as a spell. I can fling those meteors at people for uh, 2d6 damage per meteor. So Ten prepping minutes. basically going in there 10 minutes. Yeah. Jesus. And okay. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, 600 so, rounds. <laughs> kind of casually walk across the street, making eye contact with the guard as these meteors are spinning around my head. And I say, Oi, might fuck it. And then I throw two of the meat. Tried for that intimidate. Tried so hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was super hard. Yeah. He just didn't know what to do. So he's like, ah, I don't know. We've gotten a lot out of Oi before. <laughs> so he flings two meteors. Um, the He has to make a DC 15 dexterity saving throw. DC 15. Okay. That is a very brave man. 17. Uh, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't see the roll. 17. Okay. 17. So this spell is a bit like catapult where if it misses, the meteor keeps going. Is there anybody behind him? Uh, it would depend on who you're targeting. So they're around a table. I, so I'm, tar I'm targeting him. The meteor just keeps going in a straight line past yeah, we'll say there's another one right behind him, but that would be your okay. next opportunity. So it, the 
they, that next person has to do the same and make a DC 15 saving throw. Dexterity. It's a line attack. <laughs> he definitely did not make it. Okay, so <laughs> this is where the spell is interesting. Is this a person playing cards at the table? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so the meteor impacts and explodes. And everybody in a five foot radius also now has to take that. What the fuck? Okay. Hold on. So if there's anybody, I don't know how they're laid out on the table. If they're, if they're, they are in five feet, like what the layout would look like. I I would say at least one of them is within range. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I have to, I'm redoing my initiative order here on my notes. (laughs) So many people die mysteriously. So just just to make sure I'm getting this right, that as the spell reads, it says once the meteor reaches its destination or impacts against the solid surface, the meteor explodes. So if it passes them, and that's how catapult reads too, and catapult it just keeps going in a straight line if it misses the first one. Okay. Yes, that sounds correct to me. Um. Oh shit. No, no, no. Let me back this up. Let me back this up. I'm reading the last line. A creature takes 2d6 fire damage on a failed save or half as much. So it still hits the target. It just kind of like explodes next to him instead of behind him. So let's back that up to the first guy. I missed the last line in there. I'm sorry. Um, So I'm going to roll 2d6 damage, which is 7. So they would take uh, 3 damage. Okay. Fire damage. And that's my turn as I'm walking up and I'm probably like 10 feet away, standing in the middle of the street as I hucked those two meteors at him. So then Ziggurat looking out at these guards. Okay. Um, one of them, the initial one that you tried to target, um, his mm. face is kind of really heavily scarred. The one behind him is kind of heavy set. And has a long, luxurious beard. And then the last one that was kind of off to the side on the other side of the table, um, he's very short. And is has the most empty tankards in front of him. Okay, so the short one that is likely intoxicated is the next one dwarf short? Nope, he's just a very, okay. very short human. So like me. OK, got it. <laughs> In real life. Yeah. The short intoxicated guard. Stands up with a jolt. You just kind of went into the doorway, correct? I'm standing in the middle of the street at this point. You're still in the street and shot a meteor through the doorway or open window. Yeah, like let's say that I shot the meteor. The the guy that I was shooting at probably ducked and it exploded on the wall right behind him and then singed the side of his face. Okay. All right. But so I'm standing there in the middle of the street now with four of these like, you know, baseball sized meteors swirling around okay. the top of my head. Avatar styled. So the short guard jumps up and goes, what the fuck is that? You see around his belt, he's got a number of daggers. 
and he pulls one out and attempts to throw one at you. Does a one second. That wouldn't matter. Never mind. It misses wildly. <laughs> and then he runs towards the front door. Yeah. And he makes it to the doorway, but not past. Then the heavy guard jolts up. Goes, God. Damn, mages. And he pulls out an enormous spiked club. Oh, dear. And he starts lumbering towards the doorway as well. And then it is Story's turn again. That is. So Story is going to... Can I lay out the scene here real quick, just for those of us that might not be aware? So Story is standing on a dead body of the dog's master. This enormous dog, huge, like just a really big dog. Are we talking like Mastiff? Like bull Mastiff sized dog. Okay. Is... Except for it looks a lot leaner and less floppy and adorable. I don't know. Every Mastiff I've ever seen, they're adorable and they're big babies. This one is not a big baby. He kind of has scraggly gray hair and sharp pointed ears. And he's growling aggressively. It like thoroughly a mutt. Yeah, absolutely. And he is standing Mm -hmm. right next to the bed. That story in the dead body you're on top of. Wait, it's a new turn. Disengage and I run past it as far as I can. Okay. So, uh, are you going to head towards the window or are you going to head down the out to the balcony and down like that way towards the stairs down balcony? Balcony. You probably see Quill at this point, right? Yeah, Quill is in the window at the other end of the hall. I hide behind Quill. <laughs> you hide behind the squishy one. You hide, be- hide, hide behind, behind Quill. Quill. Okay. I can only see this going well. I love this so much right now. The question is, can I actually hide behind Quill? Uh, I mean, so if you're using like a full movement. I guess you wouldn't really have to use all of your movement. You'd use one movement action to get out of the room because it's not a huge room and down the hallway. You'd probably get most of the way to Quill. Uh, and just for flavor, because I'm really <laughs> enjoying this, I'm going to let you get behind Quill. Fantastic. Uh, that helps me out. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. That's what you get for subjecting me to frozen music. Mind you, it's a dog, so he can smell me, but I'm still going to hide behind Quill. I'm just going to obviously not stealth. (laughs) So I don't know if you're aware, but uh, dogs and wolves have a higher base speed 
than most medium creatures. Yeah, that's that's accurate. Yes, but Magic Boy has fire. That's true. I've got something much worse than that. So yeah, I'll I'll say you can use your movement action to get to Quill. Um, are you actually going to stealth? Like try to literally hide yourself? Yeah. Essentially, um, mm-hmm. you're hiding behind Quill and it's okay. I got a 13, so I'm going to guess that it's not going to work against a dog. Yeah, I mean, you're like... <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. Grabbing his shoulders, you're like peeking out from either side of him, like, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, the trail of blood from the dog bite, dead giveaway, but you know. Yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine, it's I'm sure. Fine. I, it's I, fine. There's, there's no problems here. The story has heard of an ancient rivalry, one between dogs and cats. Quill will protect her against this horrible beast. <laughs> the tabaxis have an ancient grudge against a specific <laughs> breed of dog that this is. Okay. Jumping back downstairs for just a moment, and I know this is kind of a discombobulated combat, but trying to keep the timeline correct. The scarred guard stands up, and he draws a short sword with a very wicked-looking sharp edge to it and a dagger in his other hand with a weird tint to it. And he also moves towards the door. And then we're going to jump back upstairs to angry pooch i feel like you've uh you cut me out of of this <laughs> i have you down did i maybe accidentally put you in the wrong spot you might, you when might. i was adding people in maybe i did and he got into the yeah. building via a held action because i had a an initiative of 15 so he probably should have gone before i did you did that's right. That's okay. Yeah, we can have you go after if that works after the scarred guard. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, story probably isn't going to feel too great about this, but I'm using a spell. I'm going to summon Shadow Spawn again. Oh, Ooh. you showed us Shadow Spawn, I think. So I showed you oh, Shadow right. Spawn. <laughs> Not everyone is in the know, however. Yeah, Story was busy uh, doing a montage. For all Story knows, this could be the dog, and it just has special powers, because she's been around more magic than she's ever been around lately. I pull that gemstone from my pocket, and the shadows just peel away from the walls and my body and coalesce into this not as large and horrific as the first time. It is more wispy and just like jagged in places. I am using the despair version of the shadow spawn. Oh dear. And I, I just commanded defend our escape and thrash thoroughly. Anyone that approaches us. Tell story. Uh, I, I think you're here, Story. Let's let's get out of here. And Quill will 
use that 20 feet of climbing speed to climb back out the window. Well done, sir. Dory runs <laughs> behind Quill, yep. hides there. The shadows come alive and Quill just leaves from in front of her. <laughs> so now there is this just horrific monster <laughs> defending our escape. That dog was going to fuck you up. Does it act on your turn or after your turn? Uh, it call force manifests. Choose an emotion. In combat, the creature shares my initiative count, so it will go immediately after I do. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. Very well done. I, I'm fine controlling this boy. It is going to hear this dog probably like chasing after story and it's going to go to town. <laughs> okay. Show me what you got. I'm excited for this. Show me what you got. It will approach the dog and so it has special abilities too, doesn't it? Yeah. <gasps> despair, the version of despair. It has weight of sorrow. Any creature other than myself that starts its turn within five feet of the spirit has its speed reduced by 20 feet. Till the start of the Ooh. creature's next turn. Ooh! Yeah. Wow. It, okay. It is. It is a pretty good boy. Uh, so yeah, it's. I wish I could click on chilling rent, but it's going to take a swipe. It is going to use its melee attack. It has my spell attack modifier. Oh, that's not great. That is a fourteen to hit. That is... Against this doggo. That is a hit. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, even even a horrific despair spirit does want to hurt a dog, but then again... Just barely, but it hits. Okay. So it gets 1d12 plus 3 plus the spell level, which is 3, so it gets 1d12 plus 6. Roll for damage. Oh, that is that is 16 damage to this dog. It is cold damage. Oof. Is this uh Okay. This monstrosity just rends into this pooch. Hold on here. There's something special with that. Okay. Yeah, no, never mind. Ouch. Okay. Alright, that's unfortunate with a yip. Uh he takes that damage oof and then it is angry dog's turn and after getting hit by this horrific shadow creature he's gonna tuck his tail between his legs but he's not gonna back down his hackles are still up and he is gonna let out a bark and then attack okay it has a natural armor of 14 Uh, hold on. Hey, hey, 14? yeah, 14. 14 on the nose. Yep. No, that's what he hit. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that, on the nose. then he does damage. Okay. Uh, that dog doesn't do necrotic damage, does it? <laughs> no. Okay. It has resistance to necrotic. It works out well. So, oh, God damn it. Snake eyes. Uh, five. Five damage. Okay. Damage. 
I will reduce this this good I spirit horribly against you. Guys. You mean like the one where I walked away with four oh, hit points? Yeah. It works okay, well for you, it, yeah. It just it just takes one combat encounter for you to roll well, and we're fucked. <laughs> no, it was mostly me rolling four natural ones in a row. I mean, that was an okay, okay <laughs> rolling. It wasn't great. Yeah, that's that's his turn, and then we go back to Zigrit. So tell me what it looks like in front of me. You got three guys were playing cards. There's a guy standing watch kind of like leaning against a pole outside. What's their positioning like? This is important for me at this moment. Okay, so right now you have three guards that have essentially hit a choke point at the front door of the bar. One is standing slightly off to the left side if you're facing the front of the bar but he's still within five feet of the others. Can I cast a spell that has like it? So say these meteors, I hit one in the middle. It will hit all three of them. Yes. Yeah, because you said they have to be within five feet. So all of them are within five feet of each other right now, essentially. And you're about to witness uh, the sorcerer nuke. Uh, I'm going to Oh, second level ice knife, the middle guy. Oof. Okay. Um, this is a spell attack. And oh fuck, it misses. It's a natural one. Damn it. Uh, spell attack on a hit. Target explodes. Hit or miss. The shard then explodes. The target and each creature within five feet must also take a dexterity saving throw of fifteen to beat. Okay. Okay, so the shard will say like hits the door frame or something and like shatters sure. off the side of it, mm-hmm. and sprays all of them. Oh, uh, we'll just run them down initiative order here. So the short guard that is a hit on him. Okay, like so he, he fails. fails. Yep. Okay. The oh god damn it. Ooh, uh, the heavier guard also fails. And ooh, he uh, the scarred guard passes, however, and uh, nimbly sees it like shies away and it just goes right by him. So um, Ziggurat casts ice knife um just with his wand like like this and it kind of shoots out of his wrist but he points his wand forward and the ice knife hits the door jam above them explodes and two of them take 10 damage at the same time i'm gonna go ahead and use a bonus action to send two more meteors their direction so again they all have to make the same saving throw one more time uh, sorry, uh, t- two more times. <laughs> Jeez, okay. So that's going to be six six more rolls. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Okay. Um, so again, going in initiative order, we're going to do short guard first. You, do you want to do short guard and then both meteors and just do both meteors? Yeah, I, I'll do um, okay. short guard, short guard, heavy guard, heavy guard. Yeah, I'll do it like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he fails once. 
what was the DC again? 15 dexterity. Yeah, he fails twice. So short guard fails twice. He's going to take a total of 12 damage. In addition to the 10 he already took for the ice. So he got smacked with 10 ice damage and 12 fire damage. Okay. Um, I'm no, I don't want to do that. How do I? There we go. Sorry. And, and like to to animate this too, like I'm sending that ice knife out, and at the same time, right off of both my shoulders, two meteors comes right in front of all three of them, and ex- both meteors collide in front of them and explode in a, just a fit of shrapnel. So ice shrapnel from behind the back of the head, and fire shrapnel in their faces. Okay, and then the heavier one gets a sixteen and a two. Okay, so the second, so he's only take. Um, four damage and then three, so seven total. Uh, seven plus. Does this guy fail on the ice knife or succeed? Uh, I already subtracted damage for the ice knife for him. So that was the second guy with ice knife. So that was a total of fifteen damage then. Yep. Or uh, thirteen damage. Thirteen. No. Yeah. No. It was ten Uh, and then seventeen damage. Yeah. Ten, four, and three. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then the last guy who f- succeeded and didn't take any ice damage. And so he. 15 on the first roll. And 12 on the second roll. So he succeeds and fails. So that was. uh, He that would be. 17 again total with B. Uh, oh, no, he just seven, just seven because he succeeded on the ice. And I'm going to engage with all three of them as I walk slowly, just not even saying a word, just ice knife, meteor, meteor walking towards them. And then I'm going to engage. Bravely with all three of them, you got this is like. This is like Clint Eastwood's character in Unforgiven, just walking into the bar. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no, ice. Just ex- <laughs> oh yeah, ice knife. It just has somatic components. Yeah, you don't even have to say anything. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Just, just like a freaking badass. Just Ziggurat's just mm-hmm. shooting shit off. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, because Melf's is only um, ver- verbal when I s- cast it. But when I do bonus action, I just telepathically send those meteors. So you're walking right up to them then, huh? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So uh, the short guard goes next. And he is going to attack with his dagger. Another dagger, as it were. Uh, 17 to hit. Uh, shield. Just magically deflect his uh, knife. Okay. Um, are you so the, essentially if you're walking right up to the doorway and engaging with them? Um, so there's essentially two like blocking the doorway right now and one off to the side. So are you basically in the other side of the doorway blocking them from getting and- out? Correct. That was a good tactic, sir. (laughs) (laughs) 
So that means they can't really get to you. <laughs> I mean, I, they're kind of are they shoulder to shoulder or is there one guy? Uh, short and heavy would be essentially shoulder to shoulder blocking the other side of the doorway because they mm-hmm. both ran essentially at the same time. The scarred one is just a shade behind and to the side. Got it. OK. Yeah, I guess the guard, the heavier guard is going to try to take a poke at you here. And he had that wish. Damn it. Yeah. Eight. To hit. Oh, yeah. That's a miss. I don't even cast magic. Like, I still have shield up, but I just kind of, like, deflect one with the magical shield, and the other one, I just sidestep. Oh, God. Okay. Who goes next? Then it would actually go back to Story. Uh, Story's going to jump out the window. <laughs> Yay. Not not climb. So jumping 20 feet. Question. Because technically I don't have feather fall unlocked. But it's a stay here where the ghost monster and the dog monster are trying to kill me or jump out the window. I would be cool if um, story unlocks this right now in her time of need. I'm, I'm very excited. Story, I'll catch you. Thump. Does <laughs> so Story just jump over uh, Quill's head and just dives out the window? Oh, no, Story's already behind Quill. Quill's out the window. Yeah, Quill, Quill's already yeah, out. Yeah, Quill climbed out the window oh, back down. Right. Story runs behind Quill. Quill unleashes the Doom right. monster and then leaves Story. Story takes one fucking look at that shadow monster and frickin' uh, like spears herself through that window. <laughs> Done. Which is what she's gonna think as she goes out the window like, oh. So, so yeah, so she's going to... Anne is going to cast Featherfall. Story is gonna go, what the hell? Um, And slowly... Oh, I didn't... Okay, hang on. Relatively slowly. Relatively slowly. Because as we know, Featherfall is not like inc- like mm-hmm. super slow. It just slows you down so you don't take damage. Uh, yep. Because John and I did the math on that one time and like that's still kind of fast. <laughs> Says use up to five falling creatures within range. A falling creature's rate of descent slows to that's still pretty fast around until the spell ends. If the creature lands before the spell ends, it takes no falling damage and can land on its feet. I mean, it's it's only like three meters a second, but that's still terrifyingly fast. Yeah. So, yeah, you're 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 falling in half the time, roughly. Yeah. So there's still a what the hell, but, you know, she didn't get through the full sentence before she's on her feet at the gr- on the ground. And you'd pop up like, oh, OK. <laughs> I didn't think that nice. was going to work. And completely all of a sudden there's like a down feather gone. Nobody notices. So Story yeets herself out of the window. We have no idea what's going on with Ziggurat. I'm in the back so we can't see anything that's happening with Ziggurat. I mean, you can hear there's there's explosions happening. Yeah, I suppose we can hear. But okay, so we can hear where it's going. 
Yeah, I mean, there is loud shit happening. Shit's you know exploding off the door frame. The meteors are exploding. I imagine it makes like a whistling noise as it flies. So the question is. So it's probably took me like two feet to get out the window because he was just inside. Does any of that falling count as motion? Doesn't if you jump out a window, wouldn't that be a movement action, though? You, you might want it like maybe half half her movement or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that sounds fair. It's like getting up, getting up from prone is half your movement. So something like that. Fair. So I run the 15 feet towards the noise. OK, do I get anywhere with that or just like halfway around the building? You get like halfway around the building. Not quite. The scarred guard gets to go next and he has his uh, short sword and his wicked looking dagger out. And. Yeah, he's just kind of like I said, he's slightly off to the side of the door. And he assesses the situation. You know, being next to the doorway. He steps to a window and smashes it. And then climbs through the window. Is he just the window is outside of my area, so I don't get an opportunity attack. Correct. It's just like he has to step just a little away, smash it, get through. And that is his turn. And then it would be Quill. Quill climbs down. Quill hears probably a little bird whistle and then a a soft on the ground and then running away. I guess Quill follows after that noise and snaps his fingers and summons Rava back into position on top of his head. Towards the uh, towards the explosions. That's that's a bad idea. <laughs> I probably catch up to story and then pass my story a little bit. Like Rafa taps me, and it's like their story, and then I keep moving. How far does that put me? Uh, you, uh, we'll say you were soundly like two thirds the way around the side of the building, and then uh, my shadow spawn free free of mortal control. <laughs> now. Now, now we'll go back upstairs to this epic showdown between your shadow spawn and the dog. Uh, it's it's just going to use a like that dog can't move very far. This thing is going to use its dreadful scream action, which it gets one per day. Uh, every creature within 30 feet of it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against my spell save DC, which is 14. Or be frightened by the spirit for one minute. Uh, the frightened creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending its effect on a success. 18? Attempting to. 18 succeeds. So you guys just hear this horrific scream from upstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's it's wretched. It's like if you were to shear glass clean apart with heat and it would just make that like sound just an otherworldly piercing scream from this shadow spawn and uh then it's gonna it can move up to 40 feet it's gonna go 
I suppose thinking this dog is not a real threat, it's gonna go find more more potent prey. It's gonna walk away from the dog. It's gonna use the stairs, unlike the cat and the bird. So it's gonna try to move past the dog? Well, it's I'm assuming the dog was in the room trying to come out. It got in the dog's face, and it's just gonna go towards the balcony and the stairs now. So it was still provoke an attack of opportunity from the dog. That's that's what I was getting at. Okay. Okay. Ooh, that was a good one. Okay. 22 to hit. Will hit. It's poor puppy. <laughs> Lost its master. It's ter- being screamed at by a horrifying beast. 12 damage. And then... Wow. It has to make a strength saving throw, correct? DC 13 strength saving throw. Got a D20 plus one. Which it got an eight total. So I'm so it's not prone. Ah, well, it's not going anywhere. Well, I suppose it can get up. That's just half its movement speed. So it gets up and it moves 20 feet towards the stairs. So it's doing what I told it. And that is uh, the spirit's turn. Beautiful. This is going to get a whole lot more interesting. Okay. Uh, then it's the dog's turn. Did Oh, the dog was taking an opportunity attack? Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the dog can move, only can move uh, 20 feet less. Yep. <laughs> Well, whatever its movement speed minus uh, 20. Yeah. So how far did the shadow spawn make it? 20 okay. feet. Yeah, the dog can catch up. The dog chases the shadows. Ah, it's working perfectly. And that's going to be a 20 to hit. Ooh, 13 damage. This dog definitely hits real bad. It does. He's a beefy boy. That's 13 plus 12, that's 25. My spirit has five hit points left. And then he needs to do that DC 13 strength saving throw. <laughs> hey, the spirit's getting... The nice thing is that's not like a bonus action or anything like that. That's <laughs> simply an effect of his attack. No, uh, spirit's getting those nat ones for me. I don't have to get them. Hey, you know what? If you summon it for only that reason, it's worth it, right? Yep. Uh, so yeah, it, it's definitely going down. So he is knocked prone. Okay, and that is Doggo's turn. And then we go back to Ziggret. Uh, Ziggret rolls his shoulders and said, Listen, you might have fucked up this town enough. And they're sick of it, so they sent us. And cracks his knuckles and reaches for both throats of the guys in front of him to twin spell cast shocking grasp. Are either of them wearing metal armor? Uh, does it have to be metal armor? Does it just need to be metal? Metal armor the... specifically. Metal yeah, armor specifically. For wearing armor made of metal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the heavy guard will. Ellie, okay. he is wearing metal armor. Okay. So I get advantage if that's the case. Uh, 
just regular because technically twin spells, it's just one roll. And if it succeeds, it hits both. 19, does that hit both of them? That is a hit for both of them. Okay. So they will both take seven points of uh, lightning damage as I reach out, grab their throats, and just send electrical energy through them. Both of them convulse wildly and then drop. Uh, and then I turn and look at the guy who was running away and I said, eh, eh, not so fast. And I send my last two meteors at him. Dexterity 15 saving throw. Okay. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> I mean, we did say we were willing to be the bad guys. Oh, let him. I was so. guessing he's got that dexterity saving throw first, though. So. Well, yeah, he'll take half damage. Oh, he, I was okay. just getting the, the damage is queued up. So 17 for his saving throw. That'll succeed on the first one. Oh, that's right. You've got to roll it again. You take a second one. Mm-hmm. Six. Uh, so he takes. Half, half rounded down of nine is five, right? Four. Four. He takes four plus, so he takes 10 points of fire damage as one strikes him square in the back and the other one explodes right next to his knee. It hits him hard and he stumbles down to one knee for just a second. And then it's Story's turn. He keeps running towards the action. You make it up around the edge of the building, and you are within sight now do I of the action. Do I see the action? You see Zigrit, two bodies lying in front of him, and then you can make out a figure of a guard standing with a short sword and a dagger. She rounds the corner and just catches Ziggurat like the, the meteors rat, like boom, boom, exploding right next to the guy and Ziggurat standing over just kind of like glaring at the guy. Jar and smoke. It's he's between me and you at this point, probably like 10 feet, I would guess, away from me. I guess it depends on which side you go on around. Um, I'm fine with that. Yeah, we'll just say he's between you and Ziggurat. Cool. I'm going to throw a dagger at him. Oh, God. It paused on the 20. Wait a minute. Do I get advantage since he is engaged with someone else? He's not engaged with me. Damn it. 11. Nice try, though. Okay, that's a miss. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to hide back behind the, the building. And then it is... The scarred guard's turn. He's going to step up to Ziggurat. He's going to first attack with his short sword. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Saw that. <laughs> uh, nine to hit. Uh, yeah, that misses. Uh, Ziggurat sidesteps again and gives a little bit of a chuckle. Like, <laughs> you guys held this town captive. And then he's going to do a low cut with his dagger. God damn it. Ten. Sucks, don't it? A battle <laughs> missed too. 
Ziggurat just kind of like holds and stops his hand right there, shoves him back for a second. What's up, mate? This was going to get a lot more interesting if he had hit you too. Okay. I I grant this curse to you, Steve. Okay, it's Quill's turn. This is what you get for misplacing me on the initiative track. Uh, Quill moves to the front of the building. Yeah, I did kind of. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you will definitely make it to the front of the building within okay. sight of uh, the scarred guard. Okay. Uh, and then letting Rava take the wheel to direct me attacking this, uh, obviously this person that's engaged with poor, poor Ziggurat. Poor, poor uh, Ziggurat, who's taken out both of his friends and who's murdered several. Rava, Rava can't account for all of that information. It just sees, it sees something. It sees Ziggurat. It knows that uh, Ziggurat's currently engaged. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna attempt to throw a witch bolt. Do you want me to still roll at disadvantage for this? Um, we I've been practicing with with Rava, Rava for like now. two weeks now. Yeah. Nah. Okay. I'm feeling generous. The Scotch giveth. The Scotch giveth, and the Scotch will taketh away. <laughs> so plus six to hit. That is a 25 to hit with Witch Bolt. That is a hit. Okay, Uh, so it's at level 2, which is 2d12 immediately. That's 20 damage. (laughs) Holy f... Mm. Okay. And then Witch Bolt is a great spell. Uh, So, uh, that spirit that's upstairs vanishes as I drop concentration on it and hold concentration on Witch Bolt. Which means that on each of my turns during the duration, I can use my action to deal another 20 12 lightning damage to it if I want. God. Automatically. <laughs> well, let's just stop you right there. Tell, okay. me, tell me how the scarred guy dies. Uh, so this just lancing arc of lightning pours forth from, from Quill's hands and like connects with this guy's sword and dagger, and it just zzzzed and he drops in a, a rumpled pile, smoking. Ziggurat perks up and says, Oh, that's the same spell that I used when uh, uh, I blew the hole in the one lady's chest. It, it's, uh, it's a quite good spell, and I, I'm glad I was able to put it to use. Um, so well, I guess we assassinated them, but... Now what? Uh, story? So Unless, uh, before that happens. <laughs> He's still a man. No, there's still a pissed off dog. That's <laughs> still a dog. Yeah, that's true. The dog is still alive. <laughs> and the dog is no longer hampered by his reduced movement it, speed. It is for one more round. Uh, until at the end of the its next of round. Of the creature's next turn. Until the start of that creature's neck. Oh, yeah. So the next turn. Other than you, any creature other than you starts its turn within five feet. Okay, yeah. So it would vanish simultaneously. Okay. The dog with a howl is going to run down the stairs. 
this dog is this dog is far far more intelligent than we give it credit for. Uh, no, because a smart dog would have gone big scary creature, yipe, and ran. Oh, no, I can't do that. Okay, all right. Yeah, he's gonna run down to the bottom of the stairs, and that is as far as he can go right now. You know what? Actually, he's gonna run across the room. And he's going to stop underneath the table and he's going to keep barking. And that's his turn. That's all he can do. Okay. He can't he can't get far enough to get to you guys. I don't want to kill this dog. Uh, whose turn is it? It is. Well, that guy's dead. That guy's dead. That guy's dead. And that guy's dead. So it would be uh, Ziggurat's turn. Ziggurat's going to cast suggestion on the dog. Uh, and, and say, get out of here. Uh, wisdom 15 saving throw. Uh, okay. <laughs> Two. He gets a plus one. So. It has to listen to me for eight hours. It is a concentration, so I also have to hold con- concentration for that whole eight hours. But for the time being, at least, I told him to, to get out of here. It's also a dog. Well, it has to just be able to understand me. And I was kind of in Ziggurat's going off the assumption that dogs kind of know how to like get out of here. Yeah, he'll understand that. And the dog with a growl uh, runs off into the night. Never to be heard from again. (laughs) Or will he? (laughs) Dog, the dog is the, the bad guy. (laughs) <laughs> this cow, this horrifying cult. Yeah, the cult is meaningless. The dog comes back. He's he's gonna show up in the middle of the night when one of you want a new character, and he's gonna cross someone in their sleep. How did this dog get player levels? Well, that encounter is now closed. So Ziggurat kind of looks around and says, kind of rolls his head a little bit. <sighs> I mean, I don't love that we had to do that. However, it seems like, based on what we saw today, the town is a little bit safer. Uh, It's probably more guards and stuff all around. I don't know. How do we convince this town that what we just did was in their best interest? Well, I mean, most of these... uh... (laughs) Town folk didn't really like these people. They were afraid of them. I mean, they might balk at our our methods being, well, quite brutal, but the sheer fact that these men tormented them. Story's ignoring the conversation and looking for her dagger that she threw. Priorities. What if we just own it and say, we came into this town and were immediately persecuted by the fact that we were magical users? And we were assaulted uh, twice. They hunted us. So we in turn hunted them and dealt with the problem for our our own safety. It's the truth. I I have no issue with being honest with these people. And as a matter of, I'm sure that... uh, the other magic users in town 
those within the warehouse may find themselves in a position to do more within this town now that these men are gone. It's Honestly, from our perspective, this is something that we, we helped people in this town, we helped the gal, helped the mind reestablish itself, able to function again. And we were thanked by being harangued in the street. I think technically Story did the haranguing. It's, you know, six and one. I, I have no qualms. Even if the people here hate us for what we just did, these people had power. They abused it. They deserve what they got. And we used our power to defend ourselves and honestly remove the shackles from this town. I'm just trying to think of a way we could phrase it for those that are obviously skeptical that we used our abilities for good. I feel we did, honestly. Has Story found her dagger yet? Go ahead and do an... That roll. You know, that roll. On an on investigation. Investigation, that's the word. I was oh, just to confirm. Right, right, right. Seven. Mm. So at the point where she's having no luck, because the dagger in hand was her plus one. You know what, though? You were not rushed. I was going to say, at some point, she's going to go to her guys and be like, light. You need light. I cast digitation on the lanterns around in the, like... Assuming there's lanterns around, but that's the best I can do. Assuming things aren't on fire from the meteor. Okay, and then and meteors. Oh, she spends the rest of her of their conversation looking for the dagger because her thoughts on it is, well, yeah, we killed them because fuck them. They're assholes. But she doesn't say this to the guy. She's just letting them deal with their moral issues. And yes, yep, she would find the dagger by the end. Yeah. I say we go back, talk to Tasha, and that I, I didn't really pay attention to his name. He had a lot of them. Right. He ended up saying to call him fucking no, uh, Yalidu. Oh, yes. I, I was more kind of fixated on his weird punching fisting thing that he, it was He's kind of a weird little man. Um, but yes, let's go speak with them and talk with them about what they want to do. How dare you, badmouth. Yalidu Northrip Abigail Parisley at Dibble the Seventh. Hey, no one else in that warehouse liked his weird gem <laughs> fisting device either, so don't give me that. Um, hold on. Should we search this place? I assume this is the headquarters. Perhaps there's gold here. And not for ourselves. To give back to the town, is it? Story hands over the paperwork she found to the guys. What was the paperwork again? I don't remember, but I said paperwork. Yeah, that, that, is, that is a legit thing that I also forgot kind of about. She didn't actually look at it because she was sneaking. She just shoved it. Oh, she didn't read it. She just took it. Oh, so Ziggurat opens it up and looks at it. What's it say? Um, it appears to be some correspondence. 
and uh, ledgers from taxes that were collected with big quotation marks to a sizable sum of money. Some of the correspondence with a person that signs the end of their correspondence with KM. That sounds like they may be housed at the Capitol. And can you guys do an intelligence roll for me? I'm assuming you're reading this out loud or no? Yes, I am. Basic intelligence roll. That is a 21. 12. Uh, 17. Uh, Zigrit and Quill. You would recognize KM was also the initials on the letters to the old man at the cabin. That seems bad. Uh, these stogs were here from the burnt hand. Well, uh, I really don't feel that bad about killing them all. And now I feel justified. The paperwork is evidence that they're buttholes, yeah? Well, we can hand over the letters we found at the cabin. Yeah, does the paperwork, is it like talking about intentionally overtaxing the population? Is that kind of the gist of it? Um, not, so it talks about pressuring for more taxes. Doesn't specifically give any reasons, but it's clear that there is someone directing this behind the scenes. And as far as like directing this towards the burnt hand, there isn't anything specific spelling out that this is the burnt hand at work. Other than the people. But you recognize that this is a huge coincidence. And it would probably be be difficult for you to essentially be your word saying, hey, we found this. And at at least at the very least, a former agent of the burnt hands house. And we still have that letter, too. Yeah, you you could make an argument. Do these letters prove that the sheriff was a bad guy? Not to us but to anyone we would show them to. It, all it proves really is that someone was directing the sheriff to raise taxes. Like, there's nothing specifically criminal in the intention, because at some level, he became sheriff of this town. His methods probably spell out more that he was a bad guy than anything else. Okay. Uh, story still because she rolled uh, 12 and she's like, these are bad guys. We were contracted. Contract's done. Like, she kind of points at it and goes, so because they're motherfuckers. That's why we killed him. I don't have a problem with why we killed him. They tried to kill us first. Well, I mean, yes. Just like chatting. Well, I mean, they killed the guy who is housing us. Well, we don't... Actually, we should go and see if the innkeeper's in here somewhere. Because the, they took him away. Sure, he goes into the building. 
The yeah. innkeeper was dead, wasn't he? They dragged him away. Story is going to go look through the building. Yeah, I would like to also check. Uh, Ziggert's looking for like a, a, a like a lockbox or storage because he's kind of thinking that there might be taxes still here that he would like to give back to the other magic users to let them claim that they've uncovered the taxes and kind of have that be a good will olive branch. Okay. Are all of you going to search? Yeah. I'm, I'm searching for a live human or a jail or, you know, before going to the building, Quill is gonna, in lieu of being able to do like having not gotten to fight the, uh, the actual sheriff Quill kicks that, big thug that he witch bolted just kicks him for no reason and probably hears the like clink of the sword and the dagger and quill kneel down and pick these these two items up and then it's immediately cursed (laughs) no i'm sorry story does not look at bodies uh she sees quill do this and she goes oh and she loots the bodies Uh, Quill, if you're picking up the sword and the dagger, can you roll me a dexterity saving throw, please? Oh, oh goodness. I mean, I can, but oh, goodness. Oh, that's a that's a 20. Nimble kid. Quill, you pick up the short sword, no problem. You feel the very keen, sharp edge to it. Um, almost unnaturally sharp. Mm. But when you pick the dagger up, there's almost a oily substance on the blade. Ew, gross. <laughs> and you nearly nick yourself on the edge of it, but you just you feel that oily and you just kind of pull back for a second, and then you, a little more carefully, grab for the handle and pick it up. Okay. And then I'll, you know, put them in a, uh, put them somewhere like i'm assuming like i can rifle around and this man had sheaths for them right yeah he wasn't some weirdo who's like putting these weapons in his belt no no um they were safely sheathed until um but the the dagger sheath seems like it's been modified somehow no i'll put them back in their sheath and take his i'll take his belt awkwardly like pull the belt off yeah his pants slipped down no (laughs) um okay impressive considering he's laying down awkward (laughs) (laughs) really got a reef on that dead body (laughs) they just shoot off what were the other investigation rolls i haven't rolled anything yet i haven't rolled yet i can that'll be oh damn a nine uh, hold on. Before you roll story, the reason why Ziggert was so distracted is because he remembered that he uh, had another gift from the Fae, um, the ability to bless others. And he's going to cast. Yeah. Oh, no. That Never mind. That's not going to work. That only is attack rolls and saving throws, not skill checks. All right. So story. And then did you give me an investigations already, Quill? No, not yet. Okay, give me an investigations, please. I, I'm more concerned. I got an eight. I'm more concerned with beating up this dead man. Story? 
Okay, so story is going to start with looting the bodies. Like she goes for inside and she goes, oh, wait. There was money. And she goes for the bodies. 18. Nice. Okay, so starting with bodies. Between the three bodies. I'm giving Quill, he's got his body. I'll do that one last and see what he misses. So you're worried about the heavy and the short gentleman. Yeah, and then I'll wait for Quill to be done with with what he's doing, and then I will. Yeah, so short gentleman. Short gentleman has a belt and bandolier of eight daggers. Oh, damn. (laughs) I take all of them. He liked to throw throw one at me. He didn't notice. Yeah, I do. Well, he did before he died horribly. Mm-hmm. Um, he has 30 gold. Bacon. And then leather armor. Nothing terribly fancy. He was drinking and he it reeks of booze. Okay, so I have light armor. Can I can I wear leather armor? Like where do I where do I learn that? Uh itch. I think leather is considered light. Okay, so I'll I'll grab the leather armor. On heavy. He has a he has a large spiked club that acts as a mace plus one. So if you wanted to add it to your inventory in D&D Beyond, it would just be Mace plus one. Um, she is going to pull it out, but set it down because she doesn't really use that. And she, But she's going to remember that it's there, but it's a Mace plus one. Mm-hmm. Because when we reconvene, I'm going to mention that to the guys, see if either one of them wants it. And he has an additional 50 gold and 30 silver pieces on him. Damn. And does the metal armor get destroyed? Oh. It doesn't matter. She wouldn't take it anyway. Are you talking about when I used shock and grasp? No. It's just a conductive thing, so it doesn't get destroyed. No. Okay. He had a breastplate. And then when is Quill still beating up the dead man? No, no, he's he's done and is uh, moving on. To- she goes and see what yep. moves on to the, the other dead moves man. on to look for the inky. No. You said you were going to double check the scarred guard. Yep. OK, so searching his body, you find an additional 30 gold. She makes a note in her head to talk to Quill about how you actually loot a body. Sorry. A mundane gold ring. Studded leather armor. If you guys are going to grab that, too. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm new to this adventuring thing. I, I mostly just stayed at home. Tucked away on his belt in a sack is a roll of Cure Light Wounds. Roll. I just want to say these dudes were loaded down. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, John. Story's just going to hand that to Quill. With like. You didn't finish the job. 
Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> so now he's got all the like stuff, including the thirty gold. He's got arms of arm loads of shit that he's carrying around. Yeah. Okay, and then continuing your investigation into the saloon, searching around upstairs, you do find a hidden trunk underneath the sheriff's bed. Mm. Still with me? Yep, that is locked, but it is very heavy. Oh, she picks it. How does she do that? Lock picking is if you have a lock pick set, it adds double your proficiency and you do a, I believe, a dexterity sleight of hand. Or you get to add. Lock picking is such a weird thing. Is there a lock pick set in the Thieves? Uh, that would be. Yeah. Set of lock picks. Okay. So, yeah. So, sleight of hand, yes? Yes. 29. Damn. <laughs> It feels like it's just about to unlock. Like you can feel the tumblers rolling through. And then on the very last one. Okay, I'm going to take this narratively. Because uh, I now follow this guy on TikTok. And he does this thing where he like takes the lock and goes chink chink and it's unlocked. Uh, I would like that to be what she does with a 29. She just kind of like looks at it and takes her lock pick and goes chink chink and it just opens. You open it up and there is just small, neatly organized sacks full of coinage. She looks at it, closes it, goes and gets freaking guys. Because they're going to give it back to the people. Uh, What do we have here? And then are you going to continue to investigate as well? Yeah, I'm going to loot his body. You can go to them. I'm going to eventually loot his body and continue to look through upstairs. Okay. So you guys are distracted. You've been through quite a kind of a rigorous combat. Both of, well, I mean, Quill just murdered and Ziggurat just freaking trounced a bunch of bad guys. Did either Um, one of you get hit? No. (laughs) I I never hit. No. (laughs) Unlimited power. Murdered like Palpatine that shit like nothing. Um, one time I the one time it beat my armor class I was using shields. So, so underneath the stairs, you do see a door. You open it up. It kind of leads down into a basement, almost like a damp cellar. And give me a perception roll. Uh, nine. Fifteen. So. Ziggurat, you notice blood on the steps. Here and there, it's like someone's been thrown down the stairs. And then as you peer down towards the bottom. You see a little bit of movement. And that's where we're going to end our episode this week. And then we just fire down the stairs. What did I get off the big the the big guy I killed and didn't get a chance to loot? Just a, a quick logistical question, Steve. Can I or arm my horrifying creatures with equipment? Can I summon them and then like hand over knives and things? Be like, go to town. Are they sentient? <sighs> I don't know. 
know. I guess they don't it, have to be sentient. You could make the argument that like, oh, well, I tape blades to his arm. Well, no, not, but. but they are shadowy spirit. It is a monstrosity. Let me think about it. Yeah, that, that is a you because because I'm not really using these weapons like this dagger and the short sword. Not going to be using them myself. Story might use them. So that's. You're going to give the daggers to a ghosty monster and not that me. That would be hilarious if, if it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. We got to we got to equip the horrific monster. The yeah. one that tried to kill me in the hallway. <laughs> Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. You have a shit ton of daggers. Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, uh, this is beginning to become a problem. <laughs> Maybe we should downsize. Can we say it's a standard buttload? At some point, I imagine that Story is just going to climb up on a building on top of people, and she's just going to start dropping them off of a tall building. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming out to listen and watch In Absentia, Episode 28, Dog Days. We really appreciate it. We had a lot of fun tonight. If you are watching this on Twitch, we have reached our 50 follower goal, and our new goal is for 75 followers. So if you liked what you heard tonight or watched, then please consider giving us a follow on Twitch. Those numbers just bump us up and give us a little boost. We would really, really appreciate it. And if you're listening to this in podcast form, please give us a like, follow, subscribe, and that will help us out because our main intent with this is the podcast form of this. I've been the GM for In Absentia, Steve, and my co-hosts are John. I like how Steve emphasizes our fun. Not that he, you know, got trounced or anything. Uh, but you can find me at Cecil Bart on Twitter, which I'm sure Steve will direct you to send me weird things. My next host is Anne. Hi, I'm Anne. I played uh, the Kenku Rogue Story, who now has 15 daggers. And Mark. I'm Mark. I played Ziggert, the Dragonborn Sorcerer, who seriously kicked some ass tonight. Yeah, he did. All right. And if you really, really have been listening to In Absentia for some time, which thank you so much if you are, and you want to go that extra mile to help us keep the lights on, then go to www.ubergeekmedia.com and you can click that donate button or you can find our Patreon. On Patreon, we have to post links regularly because something weird with that, it's not easily searchable. But you can subscribe to our Patreon and get our Patreon-only podcasts, which we have our Table Talk series, which is kind of our decompression stuff that we do after each episode. And we have our Creator Cast, uh, which is John and I, and occasionally Mark. And then in the future, we'll be adding in other creators as well, including people on our shows and doing some little interviews and chit chats about different aspects of tabletop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. I hope you all have a wonderful night. Yeah, that was a fun episode. I enjoyed myself thoroughly. How are we all feeling about that? I know there wasn't like 
a ton of like character development or anything like that this episode. But... That's fine. That was great. We we have had very few combat episodes still. Like the balance is like heavily in favor of RPing. So it was nice to have an episode that was mostly combat. And we still got to RP a little bit and explore at least Quills and mine morality a little bit.